0: Welcome to the Brave Parenting Podcast, an examination of the Bible and how parents can apply God's word to raising kids in a culture saturated with media and technology. We look at everyday issues from a biblical worldview so that you can trust the sufficiency of scripture and apply its truth to your life as you raise and disciple your kids. Welcome back, brave listeners. We have another edition of Worldview Wednesday, and we're so glad you're here. But before we get started with today's headlines, I want to tell you about an amazing organization that we love here on the Brave Parenting Podcast, and that is Stillwater Camps. If you are looking for a summer camp where your child will experience the life changing truth of Jesus Christ while having a blast, playing games, learning leadership skills, and building their faith, Stillwater Camps is it. They have day camps across several Texas cities for elementary students, overnight camps, and Harper, Texas at the beautiful Nut Creek Falls in the Texas Hill Country for ages eight to 17, and they even have a family camp that goes to Pagosa Springs, Colorado. So if you're considering sending your child to a camp this year, I really encourage you to prayerfully consider Stillwater camps. Not every Christian camp shares and teaches the gospel, but for Stillwater, this is why they do what they do. Their directors, leaders, and volunteers are top-notch. And let me tell you, they want to equip your child with the tools needed to live out the gospel in this culture. I've actually spoken at the Stillwater Camps, at the day camps, um, and whatnot about media and technology, and influence. Um, Not only that, but sharing a biblical worldview with your parents and why that's important. So Stillwater Camps is this amazing kingdom-minded organization, and they also scholarship 50% of their campers so that no child misses out on the gospel-focused camp experience. So this is what it looks like to live out the gospel. So whether or not your child wants to go to camp or you're a teenager, or you have a college student looking for a Christian camp maybe to volunteer at, you can go to stillwatercamps.org to check that out. Or if you don't have a kid in that situation, but you wanna support their ministry, it's amazing. I know them, I love them. Go to stillwatercamps.org to register your child for summer camp. All right, so friends, today we have two articles that we are gonna tackle
1: one big issue. And that is called parenting. Totes. I know this was once a big issue in my life, and the reason it was such an issue, honestly, is just because I wasn't applying scripture to parenting. But I'm really glad the Lord has changed my heart. But as I look back on that period of my life, Kelly, it's just something that I'm kind of revolted by. Mm-hmm. Was this ever an issue for you when you had all the kids in the house? One hundred percent. You know, back in 2006, I actually started a blog.
0: I didn't even have kids, but. I wanted like an opportunity to practice writing. At the time, I just loved photography, loved scrapbooking. So I thought this was like a fun, creative outlet. And as I began to adopt kids in 2007 to 2014, they just naturally became a part of the story that I was telling on my blog. And by the time all seven were adopted, I quickly realized that I was sharing details of their story and their life, all from my perspective with the entire world. You know, not that the entire world read my blog, but the story of adoption—it's pretty unique, especially when you adopt seven kids. And so I had acquired a really decent readership. And as technology had boomed, and you know, I'm sending my kids to elementary school, they are getting online, and then they'd read about themselves on the blog. They'd Google their name, and they would see all the pictures I've posted. Their friends would Google them, and they would start talking about what they saw online about them. And I quickly realized "Mm, this isn't right. And the Holy Spirit really convicted me. And at once, I just shut everything down. And now, that blog domain of kellynewcomb.com is redirected to (laughs) braveparenting.net. So, when you say that you were kind of revolted by that behavior you're once engaged in, I sort of agree. When I think about it, I think that just wasn't right. It wasn't right of me to do that of their childhood. So, this is what we're talking about today. It's sharenting. It's super popular and We even touched on in our last Worldview Wednesday episode when we talked about the pedophiles on Pinterest. And so when we saw these headlines, we felt like this was a a natural flow going right into this. So this is a trend. It's parents sharing is what they call sharenting. And I think that you could even say it's pretty normal. But I'm going to ask the question, should it be normal?
1: Absolutely. And right alongside that, we're going to have to answer the other question, What does God's Word have to say about kids and parenting in childhood? And even more so, does His Word inform us of how we should be parenting? Because we know that God's Word is not going to mention the sharing of online pictures of our kids. It's not a concordance, and we shouldn't treat the Bible as a concordance. But that doesn't mean that the Word of God doesn't have something to say about the behavior. So this topic really caught our attention because of this headline specifically. Influencer parents and the kids who had their childhood made into content. This came out of Teen Vogue magazine on March 10th in 2023, and Kelly. Immediately, my heart just kind of sinks because the loss of childhood is probably one of the hardest hits to my hearts because it's just so precious and valuable to kids. Not because I think that kids are innocent in childhood or anything, but it is fundamental to their growth and development, to their identities. And you know, when we and I kind of mean this in a very broad generalization, like the American public, when we hear about companies who use child labor, there's a pretty intense outcry from us. You know, we end up boycotting companies, we encourage boycotts, but in this instance, we don't seem to be pulling the speck out of our eye when we're using children as content, because content and the creation of content is considered work. People make money off of this, full livings off of creating content so why doesn't it offend us as deeply as overseas impoverished child labor? Yeah, it's a good question. And in the case of the
0: young girl who is featured in this Teen Vogue, Vogue article, she had her entire childhood documented and shared. So listen to this little excerpt from the Teen Vogue article. If you search Claire's name online, and Claire is only just a fake name because she's not sharing her real name, if you, share, if you search Claire's name online, This is some of what you'll find. Photos of her as a child, merchandise with her face on it available for sale, and a YouTube channel with millions of subscribers and hundreds of videos featuring Claire and members of her family. In the videos, Claire grows from a toddler to a teenager. On Instagram, fans comment they miss the videos back from the old days. In public, people sometimes recognize her and ask for photos. Altogether, the family's YouTube channel has over a billion views, but if it were up to Claire, none of the videos would exist. So that's from that Teen Vogue article. So essentially this family's YouTube channel has brought in so much money, it enabled the parents to quit their day jobs, to buy this new house, new car, and essentially be able to support themselves on the income from the content that they're creating of their kids. Well, the young girl says, quote, that's not fair that I have to support everyone. And well, In a way, that might sound entitled because you might think all she has to do is live her life on camera. You know, it's her parents who are managing the video production and the editing and the sponsorships and the business of it all. But even that said, we agree with her. Her life has been made public entertainment, which generates money for her parents. You know, she claims it's not fair that she's, quote, supporting everyone. And if this is indeed the case, we agree because our biblical worldview informed by scripture says that it is the parent's job to support the children. You know, Paul says in his teaching to Timothy on how to organize the church, he says, but if anyone doesn't provide for his own and especially his own household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. This is 1 Timothy 5.8. So for Christians, we have right here in God's word, the correct view of who supports who. It is on us to provide for our children and not the other way around. They are not our meal tickets. And to treat them as meal tickets is to deny the really the part of our worldview, which we're talking
1: about here. Yeah. Sadly, this young lady, she's never known a life without a camera in her face. And I really just can't even wrap my mind around that. I can't I can't really fathom that. The first time that she went viral, she was only a toddler. And I think a lot of us who have or do share about their kids on social media might be thinking, well, sure, I share pictures and life updates but i'm not using my kids to buy a new house but this is where we really need to consider the notion of consent research shows that 75 percent of parents who use social media at least monthly share pictures and videos and status updates about their children online from the first ultrasound to their birth throughout all of the milestones of infancy and toddlerhood it isn't until a child is a preschooler that they can remotely have any understanding or the idea of sharing pictures with everyone online. And even then, the real crux of sharented pictures and videos doesn't emerge until the child themselves begins to use online social media platforms. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly like the. in my case.
0: My kids could get a, go to school and get on Google or search anything online, and they found themselves. They found all the pictures of themselves online. That's when it becomes
1: real, when they have unrestricted access whether that be at school or a friend's house yeah when an adolescent comes to that realization that their life's sort of like disclosures and personal information and that digital record has been compiled by their parents online sharing that's when it gets real Uh, like when they start scrolling their parents Facebook feed and find out that their parents have been complaining about them online this there's a great chance that their child is going to feel hurt They're going to feel violated because they didn't give consent for all of that information to be shared. That's what's happening to this
0: young girl and this YouTube Teen Vogue article. She is now considering going no contact with her parents when she turns 18 because she's done with them, right? They've broken her trust, treated her less than human, and her her dad even calls himself her boss, according to this article. So here we see this parent-child relationship is destroyed. And the reality is, yes, it is a lot about consent, and we're not going to be able to solve the riddle of what consent means and who and at what age it's granted, but we do have God's word, which repeatedly warns us about our hearts, which is why we repeatedly talk about our hearts. Proverbs 4.23 says that we are to guard them because everything we do flows from it. So if we post pictures, videos, and content of our kids in online spaces, the first place we must go to discern our motivation for doing this is our heart. So for some parents, I think there's a category here, they may have a couple hundred friends and family on Facebook and Instagram, and their heart motivation may just be to share their child or their family's life with people who they don't see or keep up with often. I think in this situation, there can be humility and a really a lot of earnest discretion in this type of sharing. But again, we always have to remember that social media is not neutral. The algorithms are not neutral. The comments, the app of affirmation or the accolades, and just the likes and the follows of posting that type of content, they provide an opportunity for what starts as innocent motivation to then turn into a method for self validation or self promotion. You know, research back in 2015 found that parents often share their children's lives and successes as well as how they deal with challenges, because parents want to showcase their parental competencies. Therefore, the research concluded that engaging in sharenting can be seen as a form of impression management on how they perform as a parent.
1: Impression management. That sounds a lot like the fearing of the opinions of man instead of fearing the opinions of God. I also wanna highlight that that same research showed regarding those quote unquote challenges that were shared, that parents shared educational challenges as well as health concerns regarding their, their children. I, I would have like lost my ever loving mind to find out that my mom had posted like educational challenges or health information about me online if I were a teenager. Because this level of information could greatly upset a teenager or a young adult to know that all of their childhood issues have been publicly displayed, or maybe not even all of them, but maybe just like the lows of the lows when the parent is just really overwhelmed and just needs an outlet, you know, sort of like, I just need to vent. No, that, like, I would have lost my mind. And honestly, who's to say that this information isn't going to be used against the child in some way by? educational or medical agencies, or even just their friends who find out about it, right? I think it's hard for us as adults who did not
0: grow up with our parents sharing anything, even fathom what it would be like as a 40-year-old to, to know that everything of my life is available online from childhood on. That's something we can't even fathom, which is why I think that we do it sometimes. It's because we can't even imagine the consequences because it wasn't an option for us. So let's look at the other or another type of parent. And this is the parent who casually or not so casually uses their children as content on platforms known for garnishing millions of followers, such as YouTube and TikTok. We saw, saw a lot of recent articles that sort of fall into this category. One being the mom who was taking her three-year-old daughter on a multi-city tour so that her fan base can meet her. She definitely falls into that category. The parents who made a video showing how to hack the height requirement for rides at Disney by padding their son's tennis shoes, I think is what they did. They fall into that category. Um, or even the news headline that we saw about the couple who went viral after posting the TikTok of their daughter crying because she heard her parents having sex. So we have those. And of course we have this young woman from the Teen Vogue article. They all fall into this category where. Parents are using content of the children, some benign, some definitely manufactured, and some definitely exploitive in order to garnish what? Millions of followers? In order to make money? Whether their original intention started um, in their heart was good or whether they actually started saying, you know what, I'm gonna exploit my child. And I'm gonna call it exploitation because I think that's really what it is. At any point, a heart check along the way could have prevented it from spiraling to a place that it ends up destroying the relationship, especially in this girl, this teen girl, Claire, as they call her, from the Teen Vogue article.
1: Well, Kelly, it's like we always say, no one gets to A from Z without going through B to Y. So somewhere along the way in B to Y, if a heart check had been present, like you said, it might have prevented a lot of consequences. And this is where we really need to spend some time. It's in the heart check. As we mentioned, many parents share with kind of altruistic desires in the beginning. Perhaps they just want to share their own children because they've been sharing their own life and it just kind of feels natural to weave in their kids. And I get that. But what happens is you gain compliments and accolades and likes and followers and even fame, whether that's perceived or real, because of the pictures of the or the videos that you post of your child. So does the motivation of the heart then change do you pull back and question what your child's going to say or how they're going to they're going to feel when they're old enough to see it all for what it is Josie I think that when we
0: consider that even the youngest of hearts can lean towards this desire for fame or as we talked about in the last episode algorithmically pushed to desire this fame um to have an audience who loves them, who affirms them. When we see that even in the youngest of kids, we have to acknowledge that even if you were to ask your child for consent, your five-year-old, can I take this video of you and share it on YouTube? They cannot possibly understand or process all that, that that means, or even the consequences of that pursuit, so the heart check It does, yes, involve asking the child for consent because that is necessary, but that can't be the only form of checks and balances. I think a lot of people, especially of the younger kids, they say, oh yeah, my kid knows it's going on YouTube or TikTok, but they cannot possibly understand. Just like this nine-year-old that we talked about in the last Worldview Wednesday could not possibly understand that innocent pictures of her doing a cartwheel or videos become content for child sex abuse
1: and i wonder if we don't even have to go down that slippery slope of asking for consent because the um the pedophiles and all that they absolutely want to um work with the idea of consent and i think if we can walk it back a little bit if we can just ask ourselves before the lord do i use pictures and videos and stories of my kids to affirm my parenting competencies Do I create content of my children because I want to be seen and known or to feel good about myself? Do I garner praise or conjure sympathy with what I post? Essentially, there are selfish motivations in my heart that are driving the sharing of my children online. If we can just stand before the Lord and use his word to really understand what's going on in our heart, we don't even have to get onto the slippery slope of consent, right? Because our biblical worldview says that we have to nurture our children in the discipline of the Lord. And we cannot abuse our position as parents and provoke our children to wrath. Now that's Ephesians six four, And sadly for this girl in Teen Vogue, that's exactly what's happened. Now what's really interesting about this verse in Ephesians, Kelly, and bear with me as I kind of get a little Bible nerdy here, is this is written as a present tense imperative, which means it's written as a command for us, which should be ongoing. So God's word is commanding us to never stop nurturing our children, to never stop encouraging their growth in life and godliness. How good of a word is that? How much is that going to protect us if we actually apply scripture to how we treat and raise our children? Yeah, but even more
0: so, it goes back to the very basics. Do the children we have belong to us or do they belong to God? Are they entrusted to us? Or do they belong to us? You know, Ezekiel eighteen four in the Bible says that all souls belong to God. He is their Creator. He knew them before a single day came to pass. He knows the numbers of hairs on their head. He knows the number of days they are ordained to live on this earth. And that piece of truth can guard our hearts, because when we know that our children belong to God and that we are entrusted to protect them that should help us really not make these terrible choices in parenting. It protects us from not treating them as meal tickets and instead treating them as a soul that belongs to God that has been entrusted to us. One of the people interviewed in this Teen Vogue article says, um, she actually says she's against using children for content. She says, quote, it almost feels like exploiting your children has become a career choice.
1: If you have a baby, now you have a new career opportunity. It's true. She's not wrong. When I think of the mom who's taking her three-year-old on a multi-city tour to meet that fan base, my heart breaks on what this sweet girl is missing out on because she is a content creator for her mother. This whole thing, Kelly, it has just gotten to a crazy high level of extreme. And truly, it's us as Christians who have answers, who have hope, and who can live by imperatives, which are not only going to protect us, but set us apart from the world so that we can display the glorious alternative lifestyle of following Christ.
0: All of this reminds me of 1 Corinthians 10.23, which if you look up on Bible Gateway under all translations of 1 Corinthians 10.23, there's a lot of great versions of this, but I thought this one was really applicable, this translation. We are allowed to do all things, but not all things are good for us to do. We are allowed to do all things, but not all things help others grow stronger. I think a lot of parents slip into this mindset where they sort of ask this question that 1 Corinthians 10, says, I'm allowed to do all things. Like, it's, a, it's not wrong. It's not illegal to share my child online or to use them as content. And they justify it saying, well, it makes money. I'm providing for my child by making this content and posting these pictures. So how could this really be a bad thing? I would even add, It becomes even harder when the child is perhaps born an extrovert or a performer. It can really be justified by saying how much the child loves to perform and they just love being in the spotlight and whatnot. This is absolutely where we have to meditate on and apply God's word. Just because we can, is it good? Just because we can, does it build up my child's character? Does this behavior edify the body of Christ? Does it honor God? Because there are a lot of things we can do, but a lot of them, for us as Christians, they are not beneficial. And if your child grows up and resents you for your role in their publicly displayed childhood, who is to blame? Who, out of anyone else in this world, is gonna have your child's best interests and their well-being and their privacy and protection of mind? It should be you, right? Us, the moms and the dads because no one else living on this earth is going to care as much as we do. You know, our God in heaven, he cares, and he's given us his word so that we know how to properly care, love and protect our children. He has entrusted these children to us. So, when we neglect seeking his will or obeying his word or following these commands, things go awry. And when it comes to the relationship with our child, we don't want that to go awry. May
1: we never desire fame money or accolades that allow that to be destroyed i think we also need to realize that as parents we need to take responsibility for our sharentine because if we don't then the government absolutely may and that can have a lot of unintended consequences and that's actually what's happening in france right now another ad- headline this one also from Euronews, it reads sharentine france to stop Parents Oversharing Children's Images. This article states that in France,
0: some members of their parliament are putting forth an anti sharing bill that they hope will help protect children's image rights. These members of parliament want to make the parents responsible for the privacy rights of their children, which, side note, I just kind of feel like, aren't they already responsible?
1: You'd think. <laughs> you would think. Then I don't know. But I
0: actually think it's more of, as we'll see, they're going to be held responsible for the oversharing of their children's pictures. So, the article states that the proposed law also looks to punish influencer parents looking to gain followers and earn money by posting images of their children. The article also points to the fact that innocent pictures shared by parents, and they say that 50% of innocent pictures shared by parents end up on child sex abuse websites.
1: So, like we talked about in episode 99 pedophiles on Pinterest, innocent pictures of a child doing a cartwheel or something like that ends up becoming fodder for a pedophile. It sounds like one of the benefits that France is hoping for with this new law is that if they can decrease sharenting, then they can also decrease the amount of child sex abuse material gathered by pedophiles. And I think the important aspect that perhaps underscores like all of this is that if this new law passes, Parents can be held liable by the French government for oversharing their children online. That's one of the
0: unintended consequences of government involvement when parents aren't doing the job they're supposed to be doing and government has to step in and make laws around that. Now, for some people, maybe those laws would be a motivation not to overshare. But I really think the ethics behind oversharing is really highlighted in another French article, also discussing this same law that their parliament is is bringing forth. And this article specifically focuses on the influencer parent. And it says, quote, we talk a lot about image rights, but not about children's dignity. What a powerful statement. And that was said by Thomas Romer. He's a director and founder of Parenting and Digital Education Observatory there in France. He says, quote, When you see that some parents' influencers earn their living by throwing a spoonful of puree in their baby's face, we can legitimately talk about dignity. He added, shocked that some parents would indulge in these
1: pranks at the expense of the child. I cannot imagine, well, I can't imagine a spoonful of puree being flicked into a baby's face and it just got me so upset. I cannot fathom that being entertainment. But it's so important to emphasize that there is there is a difference between a parent sharing pictures on a private Facebook or Instagram account and a parent indulging in pranks on their child in order to get a laugh or shock value or for some sort of viral viral fame. There is an indignity about this. Absolutely. There is. The article goes on to say on
0: Instagram, an influencer spreads chocolate on her four year old's hands and face, making them think it's feces on TikTok. Parents pretend to call the quote child police to scare their children. And then they interview a clinical psychologist, Vanessa Lalo, who goes on to say these practices can lead to a lack of trust in adults. From the moment the person who is supposed to make us feel safe humiliates us publicly, it can be perceived as betrayal.
1: And this can impact self esteem in the child's development. This truly comes down to a dignity issue. It is horribly offensive to exploit an innocent child, whether you gave birth to them or not. It's not right. It's not moral. It's not dignifying in any sense. And let's be honest, the last thing that we need in our world is more children who distrust adults. It's already a problem. So why should we be adding to it? As Christian parents, we can go back to the Bible and inform our worldview. First of all, the devil prowls the internet and social media. It has been his playing ground, playground, excuse me, for a long time. And secondly, we live in a sin corrupted world filled with, hey, guess what? Sin corrupted people, which of course we are one. So we have to search our hearts to ensure healthy and safe and dignified motivations exist in our heart when we share images of our children. But also, there is no guarantee that the pictures that you post of yourself or your kids are going to be used with respect and dignity by others who absolutely do have sinful motivations.
0: If we lose our child's trust in this way, I dare say we lose a whole lot more in the long run. We lose the ability to speak into their lives during the most critical stage of development, like their teen years. We lose the ability to effectively Discipline and disciple, because all of that requires trust. And of course, you know, all this to say that there's not space for uh, repentance and forgiveness, because there always is. But we need to ask what is gained by parents sharing this type of content? What is gained? Uh, thousands of strangers watching your baby, laughing at your kids, maybe even coveting your sons or daughters? I mean, maybe. Some income is gained during this process. I just kind of want to ask, really? Online content is not the only way to make a living in this world. In case you didn't know, there (laughs) there are other jobs that can be had. It's like, yeah, I can exploit myself on OnlyFans and make money, but where is the dignity in that? And yeah, I can exploit my child on TikTok or YouTube, but where is the dignity in that? What is truly gained versus what is lost? Because I think that what is lost is something you may never get back. And that is the relationship with your child. It is your child's trust. It is their dignity or
1: their self-esteem and definitely their privacy. They may never get that back again. Kelly, the way I kind of look at all of this is it's okay if you want to post pictures of yourself and you're willing to take that risk. But it's another thing to take that risk for your child. They may not want to be shared and it doesn't matter that they don't know any better at two years old. We know that they are image bearers of God that are entrusted to us for their care and upbringing. It's wrong of us to commit a suicide by thinking that our kids are going to be okay with the choice to share them publicly at such young ages. I agree. It's it's a big risk. So the
0: question is, what do we do now? I don't think that if you've listened to what we've shared so far that you probably as a Christian don't disagree. I mean, it's takes away the dignity of children and that's harsh and that breaks our hearts. So the first thing that we need to do is that heart check earlier on. We listed some questions to ask yourself in order to assess the true motivations in sharing, then take those, take what you've brought to the Lord, what you've felt from the Lord, confess your convictions and your sin to God, and remember, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's First John one nine. I did this very process when I shut down my blog, and I'm not going to lie; I felt the conviction for actually a while, but it took a little bit. I don't know why. I don't understand why. For whatever fleshly reason, it wasn't easy. So I I absolutely recognize that, and if you're in that position. Just know it for whatever reason. It is
1: hard, but it is necessary. And next, you're going to go to your social media accounts and make sure that they're private. The only people who see your pictures are the ones that you've approved of as friends. Be discerning in this. Too often, especially now, after almost 20 years of Facebook, we end up staying friends with people who we worked with 10 years ago. But truly, we haven't talked to those people in 10 years. So it's incredibly important to pare down your list of friends and followers. And the next thing you do is start deleting pictures. This is where I'm at right now. I have done this. I ended up setting a daily goal of deleting 20 pictures a day from my social media account. It took a few months, but I finally did it. And now I'm working through untagging myself from pictures. But I I know I'll get there, but I'm going to be honest. It doesn't feel right in the process. But again, I don't trust my heart. Jeremiah says that the heart is deceitful above all else who can understand it. So instead of trusting my feelings and trusting my heart, I am literally living by God's word here and doing the complete opposite of what I think feels right and just trying to be obedient to him. That's great. And finally, I would consider alternative
0: ways to share images with those closest to you. Like Chelsea shared um, in our last episode regarding Pinterest. Her and her husband use a shared photo cloud on their iPhones with the grandparents and other family members to share pictures. For me, honestly, I just text pictures to the grandparents or other family, and I have a family group chat with all my kids who have phones that I jokingly call nucogram. and we share pictures and what kind of is going on with our life on that text thread, on that group text, instead of on some online platform.
1: And I'll also add, start talking. When you get the opportunity to share your convictions and how you've repented with other parents, there are great gains for that. Your personal testimony of sanctification and of pursuing holiness in this area of parenting, it not only brings hope and convictions to others, but more importantly, it brings glory to God. And as we wrap up, I think that's really
0: the bottom line. We want to glorify God. We wanna do this in how we raise our kids. We wanna glorify God in how we engage with media and technology. And as Chelsea and I have both confessed, this has been a point of conviction for us in the past. And maybe it is for you. Maybe you're a Christian parent who is appalled at exploiting the children for likes and follows and money, but you're just sharing online with family and friends. Maybe it's not a problem, maybe it is. Maybe you feel a little bit of the Holy Spirit's kind of conviction leaning you towards deleting pictures or stopping. Sharing pictures online, whatever it is, we just encourage you to go before the Lord and to seek his will, seek understanding, and seek holiness. Ultimately, our end goal is holiness. It is never happiness. It is never the likes, the follows, and whatever sort of affirmation of our parental competencies. We don't need that from anybody online. Our job is to raise and disciple our kids to give and give glory to God in every way as we do it. So, with that, We are so thankful that you joined us today for another Worldview Wednesday episode on the Brave Parenting podcast. And that friend you might have that's oversharing on social media, maybe you bring up your convictions. Maybe you bring up this podcast. Maybe you share this podcast subtly and let them stumble upon this episode. Either way, we all need to be recognizing and cognizant that this could be an issue that could spiral out of control. And so For all those who we love, our friends and our family who may be into oversharing, share this with them so that it doesn't spiral out of control and their relationship with their child is not destroyed. So thank you all so much for listening. We will see you next week back here on the Brave Parenting Podcast. Until then, go and be brave.